Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me, as always, is my co-host and one of our other coaches and uh, the uh, biggest recipient of my WWJD mentality these days. What would Jen do? Jen Waymore. Hi, Jen. Hi, Adam. Yeah, there is. Uh, we should have an applause track. Uh, no I know. question. And with <laughs> how do, how do I put this? With no uh, amount of well, let me put it this way: there is no way, in any way, shape, or form, I could possibly describe how great our guest is today. <laughs> Welcome, one of our other coaches. This is kind of unique that the three of us get to do this together. And a mortgage broker extraordinaire in his own right out of Phoenix, Arizona, David Ryder. Hi, David. (laughs) No, no, just the golf clap track is all we're going to run today. Sorry. Hi, David. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello, Jen. How are you? It's already been an interesting morning. For those yeah. of you that don't know, we were watching Adam prior to coming on live, and the look on his face—not a it's happy Monday. look. It, it oh. was not a. It was not a. It was not a happy look. We've it, seen it, that look. It is a Monday, and mm-hmm. David, this will be something that rings a bell with you because your business, the brunt of your business, is doing reverse mortgages. Yes, and I think it is really now ours too. Um, it's it's probably 50-50, and I owe a lot of that to you if it weren't for the training and education and enlightenment and insight that I had gotten from you learning how to do those programs. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, reverse mortgages are programs, plural. They A reverse mortgage is as complicated as a forward mortgage, even mm-hmm. though reverse mortgages are only FHA. But there's so many details and so many options within that, that it rivals what goes on in forward mortgages with Fannie, Freddie, FHA, VA, 30-year, 15-year, arms, fixed, I mean, on and on. Uh, So yeah, it is a steep but really adequate learning curve uh, for doing them. And I'm grateful to you for uh, that education and training that uh, I'm able to pass that knowledge on to people that are really in need of this thing and uh, it's life-changing yeah it's life-changing and i was working on one that will be for this particular individual whose brother is kind of holding his hand through this process and yeah we've had to uh make some adjustments like no he can't have that much cash out because he will burn through it on the home shopping network yeah oh it's (laughs) amazing how quickly they go through cash um, so there are some of those kinds of concerns. So what you witnessed as you guys were watching me on mute uh, was me kind of learning about some of the pitfalls that this particular client might have and how we need to pay even closer attention to the details and the structure uh, so that we are really doing what we can to protect their dollars, which is kind of the job in the mortgage space, right? That's oh, absolutely. Especially with the reverse mortgage. Oh, more so. But yeah, yeah the job is to watch out for people's dollars, long-term financial health, forward, reverse, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what you were witnessing was me making adjustments to further protect this gentleman's dollars. Well, good for um, you. Yeah, who has apparently not had homeowner's insurance in a decade. 
Why have that if your home is free and clear? Yeah, that creates a little bit of a problem. All right, so let's break out of mortgage chat because that's not really (laughs) what we're here for or what our audience wants to see here, read, watch. And we do focus on that, as all of you should. If you're in the JTT audience, if you're in the How I Met Your Mortgage audience, then that's basically one of the biggest issues that you should constantly be thinking about in your head. What does your audience want to see, hear, read, watch? You've got to be intentional when you're doing a podcast or social media or video work or email campaigns, voicemail campaigns, text campaigns, snail mail campaigns, if you're still doing those, whatever it is, audience first, your contact database first, your clients first, give them information that they want, not the shit that you want. Which is why I took you off the winter holiday card list. Did I not get a winter holiday card from you? No, not after after last year. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. And you bring up a good point because um, we do want all of our coaching clients, and we should probably mention that you used to be one Yes. uh, many moons ago, um, although your hair was still gray then even. Um, But I think it's important to understand that while there are going to be campaigns that you want to do for your entire contact database, for your entire audience, you can be more directed, more pointed, and more cost effective if you're not sending a holiday card to somebody who's never going to use you for a mortgage or buy or sell a home or to buy a life insurance policy or to start an IRA, or whoever you happen to be if you're dealing with the consumer on a direct gig for high-ticket items like those I just mentioned, then yeah, let's be cognizant of what we're doing. Let's be intentional with what we're doing. And if your contact database includes a shit ton of your colleagues, and it should, mm-hmm. a ton of mortgage originators in my contact database... And I talked to them a bunch. Uh, you guys all know Clay Schmeiser. He and I chatted today. Um, that kind of thing. But Clay's never going to use me for a mortgage. Nope. Never. Okay. Which is fine. We still have reason to talk. We still have reason to communicate, to exchange. We see each other from time to time. I've been in his office. Um, those kinds of things. And it's just not the same audience. Which is why you should be able to segment your audience in your CRM. Mm. Yeah, that's a good reason for that as well. Um, <laughs> and we can talk a little bit about that because we make it really simple here at JTT. We really break it down into three categories, right? Clients, mm-hmm. leads, and advocates. So right. anybody who's done business with you, anybody who's going to do business with you, or anybody that could refer business to you. Mm-hmm. Now, the neat thing about those three categories and the uh, industries that subscribe to JTT or have people that we're coaching, uh, obviously, that's everybody. Right. That's everybody. Everybody, everybody you, you in, talk to. Right. If you're a real estate agent, everybody you come into contact with, every single person either owns real estate, wants to, or knows somebody who does. Well, and you're just talking about not ever getting a referral from Clayton, but that's not quite true. Because no, no, no. It, I just said he's not going to no, use me for no, business. Right. right. But he can refer to you. And you've got to remember that, too. We've all gotten referrals from other loan officers, other realtors that are not in our market that still refer to us, even though they may not do their loan with us. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That And that fits under advocates. 
Yeah. Again, anybody who could refer business to you. Um, and that's kind of an interesting subject if we're going to have it today. Um, and general, and we've just been covering this with a lot of our current coaching clients recently. We've talked about uh, referral partners and referral partner relationships with a good number of them just kind of happen to be in the same cycle in their mm -hmm. coaching program right now. Um, and yeah, loan originators and real estate agents, obviously there's always kind of been a symbiosis there and real estate agents and loan originators and divorce attorneys, there's always kind of been a symbiosis there. Um, but we talk a lot about categories or industries or, uh, you know, types of people that aren't in that vanilla cookie cutter shit that we've been doing for decades, mm -hmm. De longer than you and I have been doing loans, which is a long time. Uh, oh, God, we were doing HUD ones <laughs> on stone tablets. Right, back then. right, Ch -ch 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 -ch. right. Um, so, yeah, it's a long, long time. And there's so many kinds of categories of people where they don't get the kind of love that real estate agents show to divorce attorneys at loan originators. Mm -hmm. and, I, and love is kind of a weird term. I use it, but it's really kind of more like harassment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how many loan originators are still calling real estate agents to see if they want to go get a cup of coffee? Oh. Gotta make your 40 calls a day, isn't that the weather? Oh, current don't go says? there. We're not gonna we're not gonna uh, crack that egg today. Uh, <laughs> we're not we're not we're not going there. Uh, yeah, all the king's horses and all the king's men wouldn't be able to put that shit back together. Mm -hmm. um, so, but like um uh, Jen's always had some great ideas around this, and I think we've historically had some, you know, not the Steve Green. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, we always talked about the uh, the landscape artist. Those mm -hmm. kinds of things. And if you guys are curious about that technique or tactic, you can certainly reach out. Um, Jen and I talk a lot about wedding planners, baby store managers, high school guidance counselors. Those are, you know, some of the bigger ones. But I think the gist of it, in my mind anyway, and maybe you guys are synonymous with this, is that a real estate agent refers me a piece of business and I love it. Thank you. I love the real estate agents that I do have true relationships with. They're amazing people. And I've got all kinds of techniques and tactics to make sure that I'm only hanging out with really cool people that way, really cool real estate people that way. And the other piece of that though, is that if a real estate agent is sending me a, a buyer borrower, they've made a decision to buy a house. It's done. It's yeah. over. I'm kind of an afterthought. I want to be involved in the process when the psychological triggers that lead to the buying and refinancing of homes or lead to the buying and selling of homes occurs. Mm -hmm. So that's where these other categories come into play. Like, you know, your high school guidance counselor, you want to talk about somebody who's got a list every year, year after year of people that are about to become empty nesters. Boom. Now that becoming an empty nester is something that leads to selling homes, buying homes, refinancing homes, so on and so forth, whether it's to downsize or to uh, cash out for college tuition, whatever. Um, having a baby, getting married. These are the kinds of psychological triggers that lead to the buying, selling or refinancing of homes. So I think that they're events. important. So why we don't focus on those people and here's where we're going to make you come into play david because you do a lot of this with say financial planners yes you're a reverse mortgage guy it's mm -hmm. the run of your business you yes it are is probably one of the most seasoned experts 
coast to coast, man. I know you're going to kind of blush and say, oh, no, no, but you really are one of the leading minds in reverse mortgages. And But you've got to do your lead gen work the same way the rest of us do. You've got to be generating leads. That's the job. Number one job. And you're doing it in a much more B2B environment than B2C. Yes. So what does that look like? So LinkedIn is a wonderful tool because you can find everybody on LinkedIn, at least the type of clients that I'm looking for. So one of the things I decided early on in my career, in my sales career, is you have a choice. You can go one-to-one or you can go one-to-many. What I found is financial planners, real estate agents, but let's focus on financial planners. They're one-to-many. They have lots and lots of people in their database. But the key is to train them on those life-changing events because the love all referrals. But when you get the referral of, I got an 85-year-old person that needs a reverse mortgage because they have no more money, well, then I've done a terrible job of coaching that financial planner on when a reverse mortgage is an appropriate tool. Because if I'm doing my job right and I'm educating them right, I'm exposing opportunities in those life-changing events where a reverse mortgage all of a sudden makes sense. And, and I think that's the real key is education. We don't know what we don't know. So the more you can educate someone and make them look or actually make them be smarter, the more they're going to naturally refer to you. And so that's always been the philosophy that I've taken. Ah, that's a pretty good B2B technique, tactic, no question. Um, I think we talk about it a lot when we're educating the consumer. Mm-hmm. I think really the top producing loan originators, real estate agents, financial planners, insurance agents, on and on, really do that well. We mm-hmm. educate the consumer on what they don't know, whether it's well, about your car insurance or your mortgage. Right. Right? right. But yeah, doing that on a B2B level is a new level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and they want the information. You know, when you look at, again, diving back into our financial planners, their whole goal is to make sure, well, first of all, their goal aligns with mine. My goal is to make sure that that person can age in place for the rest of their life without having to worry about their finances. That aligns with what a financial planner does. On the reverse mortgage side, though, part of my education is when reverse mortgages first came out, financial planners were the main conduit of it. Unfortunately, they didn't know what they were doing. Didn't do it well. Didn't do it well. And one of the things that we see in the reverse mortgage, and Adam, you kind of alluded to this, is a forward mortgage very rarely hurts you. You're always paying down the principal, so you can pay your way out of pain, for lack of better words. Like, Oh, you don't want to talk about 2005 option arms? Well, let's talk about 2006 (laughs) buying at the peak of the market. And, you know, but as long as I made my mortgage payment, eventually I got out of that mess. But a reverse mortgage is a totally different scenario because the balance accumulates over time, strategically putting that in place and then giving lessons, especially to the financial planner, of how that that tool can be used as a financial vehicle to set up later in life, I think is critical. So. Financial planners have been told don't re- don't don't do reverse mortgages, and now it's recent. There came out there an article came out last year that said yes, it should be incorporated to every financial plan, but it's an education process. It's yeah. an education process to let them know what they're looking for. 
All right, so let's get into the Wayback Machine here because we mm -hmm. mentioned some of it, and I do think that it's important for the, the audience to understand whatever consumers are in the audience to understand, et cetera, that, yeah, reverse mortgages got a bad name, and that would be putting it mildly. They were yes. being done by a bunch of people that weren't in mortgages, that weren't mm -hmm. licensed to do mortgages, and not to put too fine a point on it, but we're taking advantage of the consumer. You could charge a ton on these loans to the point where you could screw the consumer and you don't have to. Yes, right. they're a ton of work. Yes, you should be compensated fairly and you can still do that while making sure it's a really good financial move for mm -hmm. the borrower. There was no mm -hmm. reason to screw people and they did. They did. So after that era, which is still haunting a lot of people, certainly their kids who are probably now ripe for a reverse mortgage, didn't incorporate it into their retirement plans, so on and so forth. Um, it became heavily regulated. It's the mm -hmm. most regulated mortgage product on the planet. One, it's FHA. Yes. Um, so FHA has their hands in it. The Federal Housing Finance Authority has their hands in it. The Consumer Finance Protection Bureau has their hands in it. Even AARP has their hands in it. There is a booklet that gets disclosed from all of these organizations, basically, mm -hmm. to a borrower before they make any kind of commitment, again, because education. Right. It's just ripe with information. It is a ton of information. Um, and we probably put together, you know, a couple of few pages to break down a forward mortgage for a borrower. And we put together over 100 on a reverse <laughs> mortgage for a borrower, right? But I do think where my story kind of lends into it. I've been doing mortgages since about the time that was going on, mm -hmm. at least the tail end of that. And I didn't want to have anything to do with them. I don't know them. They're too complicated, whatever the case may be. Obviously, they're ripping off the consumer. They're ripping off the consumer. We can find a better solution. Let's just get a HELOC. God, what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. Shame on me. Um, but that, you know, it was only going to be one out of 10, one of 100 times where a reverse mortgage actually made sense for somebody. Fast forward, I go through all the training, I get the education, I spend a lot of time with you, we work on all kinds of different things, and now it's a part of my retirement plan. Right. So Once you understand about somebody it, doing a 180, holy shit. Well, it's, the reverse mortgage is, just to focus on that, the reverse mortgage is the only mortgage that was ever designed for someone who's of the age of 62 and older. It's the only mortgage that lets you control your equity. It's the only mortgage that, and here's a paradigm shift. It's the only mortgage that lets you make a payment and not bury it in a vault in the backyard. So if I decide when I retire, if I want to put a mortgage payment into my reverse mortgage, I can get that money back. And more importantly, instead of getting 1% at the bank, I can get a much higher rate of return on my, on my reverse mortgage. So when we say it's a financial instrument, there's so many things that we can do with this to make sure that the person's better off as time goes on. And I think the thing I'm seeing now that's really quite a concern is in this market where the mortgage market slowed down a little bit, you have some you have some people coming in, they're just schlepping, for lack of better words, schlepping a reverse mortgage and not truly in understanding the impact that they can make on people. So it pays to to go with somebody that has some experience on this, because again, you can get buried. You can get, I have a customer right now that 
really, if his mortgage had been under advisement, we would have refinanced his reverse mortgage three or four times, increased his line of credit. Instead, at 85, he's having to look at some alternatives that aren't so happy yeah. because That's, no one that paid is attention. important to know. You can, re you can refinance reverse mortgages. You can purchase with reverse mortgages. But OK, we're not here to educate our right. audience on reverse mortgages because that's, again, not what they want to see here. Yeah, it's just my passion. I know. But I do think it's important to kind of parallel how important it is for those of us in sales to actually be educators, along yes. with the fact that it's equally important for us to be students. Yes. How many years, a decade more, did I just kind of, you know, try and tune that out before mm -hmm. finally getting my own dumbass educated? And what a world of difference. This is going to make an impact on so many more people's lives in my circle, on my own mm -hmm. life. And yeah, I mean, I have, uh, well, I don't know. When did you actually cut the reins and let me kind of go do this by myself? Uh, about a year? About, about a year ago. About, about a year, year ago. And in that time, past clients, friends, family, so many people we've been able to help with this kind of a thing, all because I was willing to take on the role of student. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a pandemic, an epic failure in our systems, all of us, that we're not getting enough education on our own. I would agree. And the education is, there's education out there, but it's at a surface level. And if you really want to understand these things, you got to dive in. You got to understand the language is different. Um, the impacts are different. So it, it's we tend to avoid that which we don't know. And a reverse mortgage is just something that we we don't want to know about. But boy, once you do. Adam, I know the impact. I've talked to a couple of your clients. The impact that it's had on them is amazing. It's truly falling back into that category. We pride ourselves on living with our customers for the rest of their lives. Well, if you don't have all the repertoire tools, how can you say that you're really helping them manage their lives or manage their equity for the rest of their lives when you're leaving out the in component? Yeah, it's not the rest of their lives from age 30 to 65. Right. <laughs> the rest of their lives means the rest of their lives. All right. So in addition to all this stuff and back to the stone tablet history that you've got, you did real estate for a long, long time, managed offices, started brokerages, where, and I'm not going to get into where our industries, real estate mortgages, I'm sure it's true in insurance mm -hmm. and financial planning and car sales and everything else, where we have a significant portion, if not the vast majority of a population that is not continuing to stay educated. Mm-hmm. What can we all do to improve that? What should real estate agents should be doing? What should they be doing to keep educated? I'm guessing it's not the usual shit like, you know, Keller Williams family reunion and going to see uh, Brian Buffini and credit where credit's due. There's some amazing people involved in these organizations. I'm going to hear from Brian on that one because mm -hmm. he's happy to call yeah. me out on my shit. And I appreciate that. Um, he's actually done it in front of a thousand people before. Um, but we're talking about a very different MO here. Yes, mm -hmm. we put on events and we attend events and we focus heavily on teaching lead gen. That's mm -hmm. what Just the Tips does. We focus on lead gen. Now, here's an interesting thing here in Colorado. There was a time where this content, Just the Tips content, 
contact management and contact database because a lot of it was going on before there was such a thing as social media mm -hmm. um, or branding or video <laughs> distribution, et cetera, was an approved continuing education course for real estate agents. I, what was the name of that original course, Jen? Zero cost marketing. Zero cost marketing. For a repeat and referral business. And at some point, and good, good on them, I don't have any objections, the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies, which oversees all of us here in Colorado, mm -hmm. said, nah, in order to get CE, it has to be something that really benefits the consumer. The consumer. Right? Mm -hmm. And good for them. And what I'm teaching doesn't. It benefits real estate agents and mortgage right. originators and other salespeople. But there's really no greater benefit for the consumer before and after you go through our coaching program or take one of my classes or hear me speak or buy my book and read it. Mm -hmm. You actually would have to read it for that to mm -hmm. provide any education. So there are a lot of us, you, me, real estate agents that really need to be gaining education for the benefit of the consumer. So as real estate agents go where you have a robust history, where should they be going? Well, I think the challenge is this. All our lives from, from kindergarten on, we're told what to learn. Hmm. It, it's very lockstep. What I have found in my adult life is I have to be selective of what I learn. Because the fact of the matter, you could be nose in book, nose in video all day long, seven days a week. So I think it was you and Jen that actually taught me going to a conference is not a goal. What's the content of the conference? Who's going to be at that conference? What are the things outside the, in the hallways that you're going to learn and be on purpose about? And I think your education has to be the same way. Unfortunately, let's take the real estate side. It seems like so many real estate agents just do their 24 hours. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's not. I teach it. And, and literally nine, many of them, I don't want to put numbers on it. Many of them are just going through, I have to get my continuing it's education it's done. Motions. Yeah. yeah, it's motion. Whereas if you look at the stack of books on my desk, it's on purpose. What do I want to learn and lay out a path of learning and then tie it back to the consumer? So it's not only picking out the content that you want to learn, but then setting aside time on a regular basis to learn it because we don't learn by osmosis. Learning by the seat of your pants is not the best way to learn. People have lived before us, learn from them. So I think that's the real key. And that's, you know, that's what separates a good loan officer or a good real estate agent from the multitudes that are out there is they understand that base education doesn't mean anything. It's what am I going to go to learn and how am I going to translate this as a benefit to my client? And I'm on purpose about it. And I think that's the key. Jen, you're a lifetime learner. Huh. You are, well, sure. let's see. Jen, in her adult life, uh, studied enough about wine to become a sommelier. Studied enough about yoga to become a certified instructor. I mean, all kinds of things that don't even circumnavigate lead gen and marketing and team structure and all the things that we make Jen do. Um, mm -hmm. and I won't say make because I know Jen loves this shit. She eats it up with a spoon. Um, it's her jam, as she put it. Yeah. I know that was... That you was laughed at me. You laughed I, at me when I said it I, in my I, interview. And then you realized, shit, she's being truthful. This is her jam. This is her jam. Well, yeah. Live, eat, and breathe. 
learning about wine, learning about yoga, these are a little different than learning about things that are going to further help you educate a consumer, further help you educate a realtor if you're a loan originator, vice versa. Uh, you know, learn about as a real estate agent to help a divorce attorney on and on. So in a more general realm, what should we be doing to, and here's an interesting, I'm going to throw a wrench in this works before no you answer, Jen. All right. David said that a lot of us just kind of do it to go through the motions, go through the paces. Mm -hmm. We know what we have to take and we do it. If you, if you don't know what continuing ed is like for a mortgage originator, <laughs> trust me, <laughs> you, you would be better off studying tax law. It is the same redundant state and federal laws that really haven't changed much over the time that there's been federal mortgage licensing, mm -hmm. I don't know, 10 years, 12 years, yeah. whenever NMLS came about. Um, 2010, 2010. Okay, so I nailed the numbers. Okay. Yeah, 2010. Um, and it's, it's awful. So we yeah. have to seek out things that are going to be more relevant mm -hmm. to be able to pass on that education. So in real general terms, without anybody being able to just go through the motions and do the CE that they're required to do, what do you recommend people do to seek out, to find, where can we find things we should know about so that we can educate others. I mean, I like to joke that I don't know how to have hobbies. I always turn them into streams of income. You do. That's, that's what I do. I don't know if but that's a joke. Uh, yeah, okay, it's true. But <laughs> And wine is not a hobby, people. Lay off the sauce. <laughs> I mean, it is if you do it, right? Okay. Um, find the shit that you're passionate about what what lights you up then you're gonna want to learn about it i mean maybe you want to go the opposite direction to bring it back to mortgage and real estate and maybe it's first time home buyers okay become the best person for somebody to get their first loan through cool go do it um community i mean yoga is where i found my footing when i moved to colorado and it's my home here for lack of better term. And I knew I wanted to share that with other people. The only way I was going to do that was through education. And I never planned on actually teaching, which is kind of funny because now I teach 15 classes a month. Um, but what lights you up? Because if you're excited about it, then you're going to seek out higher levels of education with it. Um, the whole time David was talking, I was thinking about the fact like we have had this big market shift. So people are grasping at straws for what they can offer to what they can make money off from. So I think it's even it's always been important, this education piece. But I think it's even more so right now that these that those of you who do have the education and know what the hell you're talking about are using your voice and using it loudly so that people know that you're the person that they can actually trust in these processes instead of everybody who's just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Oh yeah. You nailed something there. And I actually talked about it with the uh, woman who runs the department of regulatory agencies in Colorado, a nice woman by the name of Marsha Waters. And we were talking about what is happening, what is transpiring. And I think and this will fit in bear with me here, guys, cause I'm going to come back. I'm going to go full circle. I think we're seeing a lot of people that are starting to focus out of desperation on their transactions rather than on their clients. Yes, I and would agree. That that bothers the hell out of me um, because 
if this is where you know we start focusing on the fact that these industries are work it's a marathon not a sprint if you are not focused on the consumer then you're also not focused on your long-term business mm -hmm. which is a really big deal and if you are focused on the consumer and this is old zig ziglar kind of shit it's really easy all you got to do is take care good care of people and the rest falls into place and yes right now you're not doing as much work as you did uh two years ago Five years ago, whatever the number happens to be, and you will again next year. Yeah. So stay focused on always doing what's best for your client, your customer, rather than what's best for your God, it's not even what's best for your business. It's what's best for your immediate, immediate business. Pocket. Ego. Yeah, immediate it's what's pocket. best for your ego. Yeah, ego's part of it, but uh I'm seeing a lot of desperate folks. Well, um, I think Jen said something that can't be ignored. And that is because you're talking about the learning. So I do want to make this point. If you learn with the goal of teaching, you're going to learn at a much deeper level. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is exactly part of this puzzle where I'm coming right. full circle is gaining that education that you can pass on is good for your clients, your leads, mm -hmm. your advocates. It mm -hmm. is good for your long-term business. Mm -hmm. It is good for the marathon versus sprint for the career versus job. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that this is this education piece is an important piece of the puzzle. Self-education. Yes. Well, it's the, it's the distinguishing separation between you and everybody else. Um, you know, I'm not one that's big on, even though I got some initials underneath my name or by my name, the initials don't mean anything. The education that it took to get those initials and truly understand and how it affects a consumer. That's the thing. So are you learning on purpose or are you just going through the motions? You know, I think that's really what this comes through. And the only way to expand your business is to learn to be different than who you are today. If you want to be better tomorrow, you got to learn how to do that today, not tomorrow. Right. It makes my, me laugh. I don't, I don't have my glasses on. Those letters are O-A-F for old as... Yeah, that's oh what it is. I, Jen, I have made it through a whole episode without dropping an F-bomb. I'm not going to stop now. Well, I just want to say, it does, it, David, your comment just brings, we could talk about, I mean, the three of us could talk forever, but it does bring me back the whole, Sarah, you know, sharing whatever awards you got and whatever, yeah, cool, kudos, but it brings me back to the talk that I did in Austin for our group of LOs about marketing to millennials in particular, I was about to drop the F-bomb for the show, and I'm going to try not to. Ooh, it was close. Um, you don't have to worry about that with me. Yeah, we kind of be. Do. It's going to be Adam or me. But, <laughs> we uh, still kind of do. Yeah. We don't care about those letters. We probably don't know what they mean. Like, we want to know how you're going to help us with these biggest transactions. Make us trust you. It all mm -hmm. comes back to the relationships and trust. So the education piece, okay, now take the next step. And that's where I think using your voice and sharing what your education has created for you is probably important. I mean, more important right now than it's been in my time in this role because mm -hmm. the market has shift. yes. shifted. Shifted. That's that's that there are a thousand things we could talk about when it comes to understanding that we're all in industries that are dynamic. They shift. If you're stagnant in what you're doing, whether it's education, lead gen, your knowledge base, your you're struck, you're suffering and, and your clients are suffering because mm -hmm. of it. Right. And what happened to all the people that really knew their business when it came to short sales, right? If, if we're getting into the way back machine, let's get in <laughs> all those people. 
we don't do them anymore. Nope. Every fucking house on the planet, I drop there the F bomb. Every <laughs> house in the country has equity Ding. in it. Right? We're, we're not it. doing any short sales. I can't help myself. I'm so sorry. Um, we don't do short sales. So either those people shifted and pivoted, learned new things, or they're Walmart graders. Well, the industry by nature doesn't, and I don't know of any industry that stays stagnant. I mean, this weekend we had the garbage collectors rodeo. Now, I drive a truck, I pick up the trash, I dump the trash. What's They're having a rodeo to improve their skills, to look at what's happening today, because let's face it, it's different today than it was five years ago. So if you're finding that your your industry is stagnant, it's probably you, not your industry. That could be. Yep. Yep. That may very well be true. Okay, we're way over time. I know. Shocking. <laughs> uh, this is Shocking. this is going to happen when we have David on the show, no matter what. And for those of you that don't really know, this is a uh, long and deep relationship. Uh, David and I are very close friends and yeah, we could probably do this for hours or days or weeks. And in fact, we've we done have it for years. Yeah. yeah so, so that will uh, just be the curse when we have him on the podcast. You guys are just going to have to listen to a little bit more of our banter, our fodder uh, when we do it. But David, thank you for doing it again. We uh, appreciate it. David might be up there with the number of times somebody's been on the show. Three? Yeah. Four? I don't know. All right. We'll have to go back and count. All right. Maybe well, I get a badge. Uh, well, it's just a sticker. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a little gold yeah. star. I like gold stars. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm easily pleased. And, and <laughs> proof positive once again that men do not grow up. We just grow old. <clears throat> All about the toys. And, and, we, and somehow they still give us driver's licenses. It's amazing. Yep. yep. Although eventually, I guess they take them away again, too. <laughs> 72 it starts to get expensive oh man why you gotta go there all right so those of you thank you for tuning in david thank you for making the time uh you can catch us mondays at 10 30 mountain time if you live in arizona like david that's gonna cause you some confusion because every da- time. david wanted to start this 90 100 <laughs> minutes ago uh, mm-hmm. we tell them now. You're an hour early, but here we go. And Jen, you probably have a thousand and one things you want our audience to know before we officially run extra and sign off. Yeah, really quick, guys. Uh, Friday, June 23rd is Social Media Day Denver. We're about to be in March, so I don't know how this happened so quickly. But if you're interested in speaking or sponsoring, email me at smdaydenver at gmail.com. We have also set the dates for Mile High Mastermind, September 29 and 30. Um, that's going to be here before we know it, I'm sure. sure. But, but I that's the pinnacle for us. That is yeah. the mm-hmm. leading event for real estate and mortgage people on what JTT does. Lead gen, yep. team structure. That's where we try to drive it home for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to find out thing, all things JTT, text TIPS to 63566. You'll get information about the event soon. You will you can book a free hour of coaching with us. You can get a cop. Sorry, I got distracted. For those of you <laughs> listening, David is doing sign language. Um, you get a copy of Adam's book, Just the Tip, past episodes of the show, all the things. Text TIPS to 63566. Very cool. Well, thank you all. And thank you again, David. 
And that's really all we have for you guys this week. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye, have guys. a wonderful day. <laughs>